In 2045, reality is a bummer. But we could go somewhere without going anywhere at all. The Oasis. But the Oasis isn't trouble. It's a war for control of the future. This is actual life and death stuff. Are you willing to fight? All right, hey, welcome to a uh, bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about Ready Player One. I am joined, of course, by Jake. Yes, I am here. Ladies and gentlemen, also joined by Dan West. Hello. You didn't say bonus essays. You didn't play my bumper. Oh, Ooh. Wow. <laughs> fucking, fucking diva. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, uh, we're joined by uh, Rock with Hop host, James Hop. Hello. Oh wow, that was uh thank you. You know, if I if I ever have to have somebody like rally the troops and give a speech, you're the last guy I'm gonna call, okay? All right. If I need if I need to have somebody like cancel the apocalypse, Idris Elba, you're the last guy that I'm calling. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, we're here okay. to we're t- okay. <laughs> okay. Jedi. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, we're going to be talking about Ready Player One. We are going to be jumping straight into spoilers as soon as we start talking about this. So I'm going to play the spoiler warning now. And I can find the fucking thing here. We are. Hey, I don't know where it is. <laughs> I literally cannot. Spoiler, he finds it. Literally, I cannot find it. You have got, here we go. This is a Pop Culture Leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. All right, Ready Player One. In the year 2045, the real world is a harsh place. The only time Wade Watts truly feels alive is when he escapes to the Oasis, an immersive virtual universe where most of humanity spends their days. In the Oasis, you can go anywhere. You can do anything, be anyone. The only limits are your own imagination. The Oasis was created by the brilliant and eccentric uh, James Halliday, uh, who left his immense fortune and total control of the Oasis to the winner of a three-part contest he designed to find a worthy heir. When Wade conquers the first challenge of the reality-bending treasure hunt, he and his friends, a.k.a. the High Five, are hurled into a fantastical universe of discovery and danger to save the Oasis. This movie is directed by Steven Spielberg. It's written by Zach Penn, uh, based on a screenplay by Ernest Cline, the book written by Ernest Cline. 
and uh, stars Ty, uh, Ty Sheridan as Parzival, Olivia Cook as Artemis or Samantha, uh, Ben Mendelsohn as Sorrento, and um, Lena Waithe as H. She uh, or Helen, uh, she is the. Uh, if you guys didn't know this, she's the writer and director for The Shy on Showtime that I've talked about on previous episodes. Wally talked about it in the last episode, and um, it was nice to see her in this. Uh, T.J. Miller as Irock. Um, do you guys do you think that there's a cut of this movie where you see T.J. Miller's face? I'm curious. Uh, probably they probably got rid of that part. Why, why did they get rid of that, Jake? There's a, there's a lot of bad press out there about T.J. Miller right now. Yeah, there is. Uh, Simon Pegg is Ogden Morrow. Uh, Mark Rylance is uh, Anorak or uh, uh, or Holiday. Uh, Philip Zhao as Show and Wynn Morisaki as Daito. Um, we're gonna jump into rating it. I, I want who, who wants to start? Who wants to rate this thing? Oh man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'll go first. I don't. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. All right, Jake. I'm gonna give this thing. I'm gonna give this thing a middle of the road. Taste it. Um, I, there were things I really, really loved about it, but it's hard for me not to bring the book sensibilities into it. But I really don't think it's even a hundred percent that. I don't know. I just I. I'm trying to just. We're gonna break it down. I'm trying to get narrow. It. I thought most of the jokes fell flat. I thought the soundtrack was god awful, um, but I did like Parsable. Um, I mostly liked Artemis. I thought visually it was spectacular. Um, the action sequences looked amazing. How did you um, see it? I saw it in IMAX 3D. Okay. Um, I just thought it did. It really bothered me. Like the more and more time removed from seeing it, the more and more I disliked it. And it, I just didn't think it was heavy enough. And held enough weight, like serious weight with the plot. And it just, it just bothered me. Like, I thought they kind of lost the mythology for the audience that hadn't read the book. Like, I don't know if you haven't read the book and you see the movie and I go, what's a sixer and what's a gunter? Like, are you even retaining that stuff? I don't, it, I don't know. I just, ugh. It, there were parts I really liked. I really want to see it again. I wish I was Tupperware in this movie, but I have to just give it a middle of the road taste. A Gunter is an egg hunter, and a Sixer it works for um, IOI. Yeah, I don't know. It, everything just didn't seem like it. Like I don't know. It just didn't seem heavy or meaningful enough to me. The it reason seemed I'm very light. The reason I'm saying that is because I haven't seen the movie. Is the only reason I'm saying that. You haven't seen the movie, huh? No. Oh, God damn it. Uh, guys, I'm drunk. We, reca- we recorded a fucking, <laughs> we recorded an entire episode before this, and I'm like five beers in, so give me a fucking break. Um, oh, okay. I got scared. I didn't read the book. Um, I have seen the movie. Um, yeah, but you're, you're a savvy moviegoer, though, Brian. Yeah. To yeah. give you credit. Yeah. Um, Dan. I don't know. We'll talk more about it. Uh, James, Dan, who wants to go first out of you two? I can go first. Dan. Uh, I saw this in IMAX 3D, and the reason I did that, as I've said many times, not a big fan of 3D, but I wanted to try and get into the special effects as much as possible and actually get into the Oasis um, because I'm a big fan of the book. And I Tupperware this film. I thought it was a really great family romp and sort of with shades of, you know, like the same sort of tone as like, 
Indiana Jones and things like that. And it's a movie I'm definitely going to buy and definitely going to watch again. All right. All right. James, what'd you think? Ooh, I'm glad you said that. Um, so I've, I saw it twice. Um, I saw it opening night in 2d and, um, I, the reason I'm getting into this is just because it, it is relevant to my rating. But, um, so the music audio quality in the theater, um, was shit. Like they didn't even put it in like their bigger, biggest theater in that movie theater. And so I was kind of underwhelmed by that. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I intentionally went into, to watch the movie to, and to try to like forget the book as much as possible and just try to take in the movie for the movie. And I absolutely couldn't do it. Um, I just kept, you know, picking apart stuff that like, wasn't, you know, the same as the book. Like, you know, I was like, where are all the gates? Like what, you know, just stuff we'll get into. But, um, so I decided to go see it in IMAX 3D the second time, um, a few days later and it, it is absolutely meant to be seen this way. Um, that it blew my mind. Like visually this movie in IMAX 3D is unbelievable. And, um, seeing it the second time, I, I didn't think about any of the book stuff that I, missed the first time seeing it i actually watched it for what it was just the movie and i loved it this i like really loved it the second time way more than i did the first and i tupperware the movie too all right wow um let's see i am the only one on this podcast that has not read the book so i had no attachment to it going in i can give a fuck don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't fucking care. I don't care Just, if in the middle of the goddamn movie, Parzival takes a fucking shit and starts throwing it at the screen. I don't give a fuck, man. I don't give a fuck, man. He could go, you know what I mean? He could go all fucking like orangutan chimpanzee and start chucking shit <laughs> at the fucking lens of the screen. I don't give a fuck. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my thoughts on this. Um, I saw this opening night in IMAX 3D. Uh, James, you are 100% right. This is the only way to see this film. It's the only way to see this film. And, um, I, uh, when I watched the, it was the, uh, it was the race at the beginning. Like when, oh, so good. And we're going to jump in it. We're going to unpack it as soon as I rate it and everything. But like the race at the beginning and the, the audio and the sound and like how immersive it is, it, it's the closest I, I, I God, I don't want to sound like a dork here, but it's the closest <laughs> I've ever felt to being watching a movie, but also feeling like I'm watching like virtual reality or on a ride at an amusement park. It's the closest I, and I, I visually, I was so stimulated by that and loved that scene so much that I couldn't stop thinking about that scene after the movie was even over. Like that first, like that race car scene with all the cars and, and King Kong and the T-Rex and just the way everything moved. My only complaint was the fact that Spielberg slowed it down with the slow motion bullshit. <laughs> that was bullshit. That was a bullshit move. If he would have just kept everything going real time, that scene is flawless. The only, the only thing that stuck out in that scene was the bullshit slow motion of like the Akira light cycle or whatever the fuck you want to call that thing. I liked when they used it to show us what the coins did. 
That yeah. Was, yeah, that was fine. I'm just, the, the Akira, the light cycle scene kind of stuck out to me. And I didn't like it. I didn't appreciate that. But um, I loved that scene so much that I went ahead and saw it again in IMAX 3D just for that fucking scene. Because it feels like a roller coaster. It feels like you're going to Universal Studios and you're watching. You're you're immersed in something. I've never felt anything like that in a movie before. It's so amazing. And you know what? There's a theater in Bloomington that has six dollar IMAX Tuesdays, and I'm going back a goddamn another time on Tuesday to watch it for six bucks in IMAX wow. again because I can't get that scene. This is the only time I'll be able to see that scene in theaters. It's it's yep. not like they're going to fucking have Ready Player One playing like every – if I ever want to go again, I'm not going to be able to see Ready Player One in IMAX whenever I want to and watch that scene in IMAX whenever I want to. No, it's going to get released on DVD and Blu-ray and even, the, even, even if you have like a 3D Blu-ray and you have all that shit, it's never going to live up to what you see in here in the theater. And so I got to see it again. I got to fucking see that scene again. That scene aside, I love this fucking movie. Yes. Uh, I love this fucking movie. It is a Tupperware to me. And I think that, you know, and I, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard from other people, um, that have read the book that aren't fans of the book. I would love to talk to them about this because they feel that the book, and I know that everyone I'm talking to today is fans of the book, but I've talked to people, like I've had conversations with people that have read the book and said like the book is basically pandering to our nostalgia and it's like there's nothing to it. And like even watching the movie, like I'm, I'm realizing that I'm watching something that feels like a huge ripoff of Willy Wonka. And it's like, okay, who's going to get the golden ticket? I don't care. I loved it. And I had a lot of fun with this movie because it is visually spectacular. I really fell in love with the characters. And I love that Spielberg, anytime that one of these characters got one of the keys, he made it a big deal. It was like a huge, let's just jump into it. I Tupperwared it. I loved it. Anytime <laughs> one of these characters got one of these keys, it was like a big fucking deal. Whether it be the way, like the first key, when the first key was, was shown, like you saw the fireworks in the sky, Parzival's name showed up on the fucking scoreboard. It was a huge fucking deal. Down to the last key, where everyone who had access to the Oasis is watching Parzival go through this. I Sp Spielberg, I don't know. It's Spiel I don't think and you give this movie to anybody else, you do not get this film. You give this movie to the asshole that directed the fucking Assassin's Creed film and we get another shit movie. But you give this to Spielberg and some reason like me going into this having no experience with like Ready Player One at all, I loved it. I loved it. I, and but I, I will also say that if I watch it in two D, it might not live up. It, 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 a lot of it has to do with the experience that I had with IMAX three D and how spectacular it looked. And you can say like, yeah, I saw it in two D and I still really liked it. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's great. That's great. That's great. My experience for me. I gotta watch this in fucking 3D. I have to. I think I'm gonna see it tomorrow. 
I think I'm going to see it tomorrow. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to see it tomorrow, and I think I'm going to go see it again on Tuesday. I think by the time this is done, I might see I might see this four or five times because there 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 are scenes in this movie in IMAX 3D that I'm not going to get anywhere else. I'm not going to be. Able, you can't. The, the, oh god! I don't know. Somebody else talk because I, I'm, well, I'm glad I, you. I'm glad you guys liked it so much. I, I I'm. I'm annoyed that I was so annoyed, but I definitely was. Like even stuff you're talking about, like how grand the keys were. Like one of my least favorite dumb moments was when he was putting the third key in, and it's like the stupid tropey shit where it's like the keys jiggling around near the hole and whether or not he's going to get it in. And you, the audience, know he's going to get it in. They make a stupid fucking meta joke where the people outside are wanting him to get it in. And it's just like, get the fuck on. Just put the key in. Like that, that part. <laughs> wow. came, that You're, no, so see, stupid. see, see, it works. If you like everything else, you get to that point. Like the, there's anticipation there. Like it sounds like you, Jake, to me, it sounds like you were burnt out on this movie even way before that scene. So like you're yeah. like, by the time you get to that point, why the, by the time you get to that point, you're just like, I'm over it. Put the fucking key in and end this fucking shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little bit. I, I can't argue against the first half an hour in the race scene. Um, I was telling Michelle, I mean, that was amazing. If I could pay my ticket just to see that again, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Like I oh, love every second of that. And then it's like, as soon as we're done with that part, to me, the whole, like, I was just found myself being annoyed at everything. And I think maybe hops onto something where, like, I, I guess I do want to see this a second time. If I could see it with my defenses down a, a bit more, maybe I'll appreciate it a bit more, but there was just so much goofy, dumb movie tropey shit going on. It just, ah, it just so, bothered me. Jake, you saying that, I, I, um, I, I completely agree. Like, I, when I, I went to see it the first time, like, the race scene actually kind of pissed me off because I was like, what the hell is this? Like, they're not even, it's just a race. They didn't have to work to figure out how to get to the first key. I was like, this is, you know, bullshit. Like, that doesn't, that's not how it is, you know? And I, that turned me off, like, right away just because of that. Like, I was, I was only thinking about the fact that I was like, this is nothing like the book right off the bat. I was like, what the hell? I mean, I love seeing everything, like, all the, you know, you know the 66 Batmobile and the race and like all that was really cool but in my head I still was like hooked on the book and so the second time I like I didn't even care because I already knew what it was going to happen and I actually took it in and it it was it changed everything like the second viewing really changed it for me even the first time I had no the first key stuff I really actually liked because even that even though you describe it as a, a race that doesn't matter even that was solved by a riddle and like thinking about the problem and solving it, it, yeah. it ended up being more than just a race. So I, I actually really appreciated the whole first key part. Well, I feel Honestly, like they I really like the second that. key part too. It's the th- all the third key stuff though made me want to punch myself in the face about every moment of it. <laughs> hey, hey, I got a question for you guys about the third. Okay, couple complaints, and uh, I've seen the movie twice, and I still like even on the second viewing, I, I maybe maybe I blanked out. It's so visually stimulating that I don't catch. <laughs> everything in it like it's there's so much eye candy in this movie that i sometimes i i'm just i don't know i I feel yeah i'm fucking two years old and somebody's jiggling keys in my face like a goddamn baby and i'm just like (laughs) gaga goo goo this is amazing oh wow you know so there's uh how 
how do uh how does the IOI learn about the third fucking key to begin with? Like the 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 Atari challenge. Uh they don't ever say. They're just uh Artemis in the movie is just like uh they already know Parzival, let's go. Okay. That's weird. I don't like that. Now number- That's how it happens in the book as well, isn't it? I, 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 I figure it out before anybody else. Yeah, that that may be correct. Eh, not a yeah. fan. Uh, not a fan of that. Uh, needs to be a little bit more to that. that that's something Spielberg should have corrected because that was kind of just like when I want. Like that's why I'm asking you guys now because I, I see like I feel like that's well, a big problem. It, yeah, in the book, it's um, uh, Parsival or Wade is uh, actually um, working in one of the uh, loyalty centers and trap like kind of in there. So then they find the crystal key. It is during that period. So in the mm-hmm. book, you're only following like what Wade's doing and stuff. And when he finally gets back and he actually meets the high five in the basement, you know, then they, they, they just, you know, bring up like, well, they found out where the last key goes to. But I mean, you also kind of figure out that, you know, a cool part of the book is that Wade finds out that you need more than one person to be evil to continue on you know i like into that. that third gate i like that that was like one of the biggest parts of the movie that i did enjoy but i felt like that they didn't focus so much i felt like the high five concept kind of like came out of nowhere like it's mentioned and then it's mentioned at the end and i felt like man i as i'm watching the movie i'm thinking to myself like i bet high five is a bigger deal in the book than it really is here in the movie um i honestly they don't actually work together at all until the end in the book. Jesus. Yeah, it's a bigger, de- it's a way bigger deal in the movie than yeah. in the book. I Holy think. fuck! Fucking okay. That's, that's weird. Another thing that I got, another thing that I that, that that bothered me about the film that I didn't like, that I kind of had a problem with was the fact that that Simon Pegg's character when he's the curator. So you're telling me that this asshole is the curator like twenty four seven? Oh, Og. Yeah, yeah there, there's no curator in the book. Like, hold yeah, on. Yeah, that. Because, <laughs> like, 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 that was, like, one of my biggest problems in this movie is, like, you know, Ogden Morrow is, is also playing this avatar of the curator in this library, you know, um, this visual library. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, you're there all the fucking time. Like what the fuck? It's probably not twenty four seven, right? Like he probably can, can dip in and dip out whenever he feels like it, right? That yeah, that'd be nice if the movie explained that, Jake, but it didn't. So I'm saying he's Ogden Morrow. He's the he's the Ogden Morrow's playing the curator twenty four seven. I mean, yeah, every time the movie, every time that Parzival is in there, he spent time with him, and he's he seemed to. I mean it. I don't know, man. Mm, I don't know. Now, now that you're breaking it down, you're actually making it make sense for me, Brian, because yeah. he, Ogden would be would want to talk to Parzival because Parzival's the guy that found the first key, so he would spend whatever time he needed to to be there. But for when we first are introduced to the character of the curator, he acts very annoyed that Parzival is back there because Parzival is the only one that continues to go there. They have spent That's the a, classic Yoda, they Brian. have spent the, a lot of time together, Jake. It's like I lo- no, I Tupperware the movie. I'm just trying to point out this one fucking <laughs> yeah. thing that I think is silly shit. 
that's, no, prob- that's probably why he's pissed off because he knows that he has to jump into his haptic suit to actually talk to this kid who won't stop going to the, the holiday <laughs> records. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Oh, this fucker again. <laughs> he's not going to figure it out this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I'm going to echo what, well, mainly what James said. Like, I was, I was, because I'm a big fan of the book, I was sat there and I was watching it the, the, right at the beginning of the movie. The stacks looked awesome. I loved yeah. the, the beginning of, like, how they basically brought the audience into the world of the Oasis. It, like, showed the Minecraft planet and, like, you know, the sports planet, the casino planet, and all that sort of stuff. And then we get the realization of the stacks, which I thought was gorgeous, looked just like the front cover for the original book. And I was kind of like, okay, this is cool. I'm enjoying it. And then as soon as they went into the Oasis, I just fucking lost my mind because it looked so amazing in IMAX 3D. And the sound system that we had here, like when the cars started up, when that DeLorean started up and the rumble on my chair, right at the back of my head, like the base of my spine, the base was coming through the chair. It was absolutely glorious. And from that moment on, I was just, I was just along for the ride through the whole movie. And anytime they went into the Oasis, I was, I was enthralled. And it is, you know, like you said, Brian, it is jangling in the keys. It is saccharine for the eyes. It's just like, look how amazing this looks. But that's what I wanted from this film. I wanted to be able to go in. I wanted to be able to experience like the Oasis as much as I possibly could. And just because it looked so damn nice, it meant that I could enjoy everything else. And I, I you know, I'm a gamer. And I loved all of like the gaming terminology that was in there as well. And I loved the probably thousands of Easter eggs that are in this yes. movie. Oh, God. Yeah, we're going to go over some of the Easter eggs that are in the movie, and I'm sure you'll have more for me. But, like, oh, my God. I love that. Jake, I know you didn't like the use of the soundtrack. I mean, if you're comparing it to Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe it didn't work for you. But, like, I love the original score by Silvestri. I know that this was the... Oh, I love the original score, too. Yeah, like, this is the fourth movie that Spielberg didn't work with with John Williams but I think Sylvester yeah. did a great job I really did Hunter, I, I'll co-sign that I thought the actual score score was was brilliant good um good. I just thought like the song selection was like on par with Suicide Squad uh, it was very uninspired and <laughs> the asshole score that you described Suicide Squad I as. love the score I, I, yeah I'm, it's I'm, the I'm, same thing oh, I'm gonna disagree it's an, it's an asshole score I'm sorry but man I <laughs> I know that he's not doing like James Gunn like experimental B-side shit in the you know for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 but like I for some reason it did work for me like I I uh I was upset on my second viewing that I missed the very beginning of the movie because I didn't get to hear like Van Halen's jump from the jump and I was <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I for for me it it worked I loved it you know like um and like I even when I even like today was like listening to some of those songs that were in the movie just with like a different reverence, you know. And I, I it's not like these are songs that I haven't heard before. I even fucking went back and listened to like uh, you know Tom Sawyer, Rush, you know, yeah. from yeah. The, from the yeah. from the original trailer that they premiered. Just because like I'm really hyped about this. Like I, um, I, I, I see both sides of it. Like um, 
there's a lot of sides to this. This is a very divisive movie, Jake, and you're not alone. And you, and, uh, and you 100% should feel the way you feel about this movie and giving it the rating that you gave it. Um, I didn't go over our rating systems for new listeners, but it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, toss it if you hate it. It's taste it if you like it and Tupperware if you love it. And Jake gave it a taste it. It's a middle of the road taste it. And Jake, it's like you have every right to feel that way because you're very familiar with the source material and this movie just didn't capture you the way that that did. And I, I get that. Um, I don't, and I wanted to ignore that as much as I yeah. could, but man, I, I really need to see it a second time. Yeah. I was just so – just little tiny shit just annoyed the fuck out of me. Yeah. I'm Like they can't even get Entering the Oasis right to tie it into the name of the movie. Like the machine can't say Ready Player One. Yeah, that's yeah, that would be cool. Come on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about and I don't care. I still loved it. It was uh, like I, I, it doesn't matter to me. That's what Jake, I, I really I thought they were hiding that from me in the trailers because every time in the trailers I got real excited because they'd show them put the helmet on and they'd show them go through the Oasis logo. And I'm like, oh, man, when I see the movie, I'm going to see it say Ready Player One. And it's going to be so brilliant because they can have the title sequence just tied into the way they go into the Oasis. And they're like, ah, fuck all that noise. (laughs) Black screen, Ready Player One. Uh, like, uh, uh, man, I really hope that, like, when you see it a second time, dude, that you can kind of put all of the, the niggles behind you and just, like, enjoy it for the ride that it is. Because it, it, I had the same thing I was saying earlier. Like, I was worried that my knowledge of the book was going to spoil the film for me. But when I just kind of, like, let go and just enjoyed it for what it was, it was so much fun. Like, just from yeah. start to finish. When I and let I, go, I had fun too, Dan. You're right, man. Are you sure? When it was it didn't sound like you're telling you the truth. <laughs> no, it was, though. I, that's what I said. Like, when I reviewed the movie, the more time removed from it, the less I like it. Like, as I was watching it, I was having a good time. But mm-hmm. then it's just like I start to, like, all the things that just annoyed me, you know? Oh, my yeah. God. I, I, I definitely think you should give it a second shot because I I was at a taste it to a high taste it when I got done with the first viewing. I love my my least favorite part of the movie. Of course, was like I I mentioned the curator thing. I thought that that was kind of like weird, but I I was as much I I understand like this whole like you know T J Miller being exposed in the media. I didn't like his character in this, to be quite honest with you. I thought T.J. Miller was pretty terrible in this as far as his voice acting. It didn't fit. Like, stick with how how to train your dragon. Like, I don't – it didn't work for me in this. Like, I think somebody else would have been better in that role. Well, um, in the book, Irock's actually a pretty minor character. Um, So I I was kind of thrown from being like a major player in this movie. Um, I, I didn't, I like the design of the character. I just, I didn't love TJ Miller. Oh as God, the, the, the CG that they, that they performed on that character was amazing. Yeah. 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 Looking through his like skull chest, like blew me away every time he was on yeah. screen. Well, even his face, I would compare like the, the way he looked like, you know, to as good as I thought Snoke looked in the last Jedi, just like yeah, the, really, really impressive. So. The um, weapon and the fire looked really yeah. cool too. But yeah, oh, that character is yeah. pretty much non-existent in the book. It's but I do think movie. I do think he, he for what they do give you in the book. They he T J Miller did kind of capture like this cocky kind of a very kind of 
dumb character that he kind of was in the book. Like, mm-hmm. he thinks he knows his stuff, but he doesn't. And, He's uh, an asshole, that guy, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So he kind of did pretty good portraying the character for what little you get of him in the book. I am going to say that I absolutely loved... I'm, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say a couple things here. I loved Olivia Cook as Artemis. I thought she was great. She was, she was great. I thought the tagline for like this movie should have been like, should have been like, Ready Player One. People in the real world have birthmarks on their face. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was wondering if we were going to get to this. I just think that's, I don't know if it's in the book or not, but I think it's, oh, yeah. I think it's, it is. It is. Okay. I, just, I don't know. I think it's kind of, um, I think it's kind of like silly in a way to like, I don't know. It's like, I get it. Like, okay. Like every, you know, like people, like she's, she's gorgeous or whatever. Like this gorgeous, beautiful avatar in the, in the ready, in the oasis. But like in the real world, she's a girl with a birthmark. Face. <laughs> I'm not disappointed, Artemis. I just wanted yeah. you to know that because you're because you're Hollywood gorgeous. You have a stylistic yeah. birthmark, dude. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like honest. It's like it's like wow, you are really hot. Eh. But you know what? Let's get you some fucking. Let's get you. Maybe it's Maybelline time, right? You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's get you some cover. You guys, he, he's got all that money at the end. I'm sure there's some kind of surgical procedure. Well, that's all that you need to do is you just need to put some kind of like fucking like makeup on your face and it's gone, right? Yeah, because she's completely hideous. Yeah. All right. She looks. I thought. <laughs> I don't care. You throw a birthmark on Olivia Cook and she still looks gorgeous. Okay. Well, that's my point. I, yeah, I, I, know. I thought. I wasn't yeah. buying any of that. I thought that came yeah. off really contrived. Oh yeah, I didn't. I thought that was silly. The tagline should I, be <laughs> whatever I said it was. Birthmark. Or whatever. I think. It, I think that it, the way the story went in the movie, it has doesn't have the impact that it does in the book because yeah. in the book, um, Artemis and Parzival don't actually meet in real life until right at the very end. It's literally the last few pages. And throughout the whole book, like, they're always talking about like what you look like in real life. And Mm -hmm. there's a bit in the movie where H says about, you know, she could be a 300-pound guy called Chuck that lives in his (laughs) mum's basement. And that's a nod to the book, and that's some like back and forth they have, which I, I thought was a really nice addition. So in the books... It, the, the way that she looks it's obviously something that like she's been made fun of you know throughout her her life and it's become you know it's become a chip on her shoulder she doesn't you know she has the hair to cover it up and things like that and it's not until right at the very end that Parsifal like moves her hair out of her face and says that she's beautiful and all the rest of it and that's a really nice like gentle subtle ending to the book but that's why i think it doesn't have the impact Mm -hmm. in the film especially because artemis in the book is kind of she's like slightly chubby and Mm -hmm. she has this birthmark and she has like the long hair and everything yeah so she's you know she's just like very kind of like normal looking girl in the book whereas you have olivia cook who's definitely not normal looking it doesn't matter how much <laughs> blush you put on her face right. she's not gonna be any kind of ugly right yeah exactly. it always rubs me the wrong way when stuff gets that hollywoodized you know 
Yes, it's, it's, it's a very tough sell, man. You can't, you know, I just think it was funny that the fucking Parsifal line where he says, I still think you're beautiful. It's like, wow, that's a real dick thing to <laughs> yeah, say. Oh, wow. What a, what a stretch. stretch, Parsifal. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my Jesus gosh. Christ, man. That, that's out of <laughs> It's crazy yeah. to say that. You know, um, I, uh, Mark Rylance as, uh, Holiday. How did that work for you guys? Is this a big character in the book? Did it work for you here? I love Mark Rylance, and this is his, like a this is another collaboration with him and Spielberg. They worked on uh, they did Bridge of Spies together, and I thought this was kind of cool. He, he won an Oscar for that. He was fantastic yes, in that. He was fantastic in that. What did you guys think about Mark Rylance as uh, Halliday in this film? Um, uh, Halliday wasn't. He was more of a big character in the book, as like just like speaking of him. Uh, his presence wasn't like more than just like spoke about kind okay. of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I liked I liked the way they portrayed him. I liked how um, you know he was Garth from Wayne's World, and um, <laughs> uh, he, he really just, was. Now that you yeah. say that, oh, I never <laughs> even thought about that. Did you know? Like you know, when they showed the uh, I, one of the scenes that I really appreciated in the film was the scene, and I thought I, I thought. It really worked for me is when they were talking about how revered he was and they showed like the day he died, the kids in the school, in the classroom, all crying, watching the video. And it was, it reminded me of like when I was a kid and like, Jake, you probably remember this too. Like when the, the, the challenger blew up and Mm -hmm. every, and, and everybody watching that on, on TV while you're at school, I was actually at the dentist's office that day. So um, I know that the kids in my class were watching it, but I was watching it at the dentist's, and um, it's one of those things like that happened, and that was like '85, or I mean, I was like six or seven, and I still remember that, and like that, I really appreciated that scene, I because that hit home to me, like I, you know, because I can't imagine like kids that were like six and seven years old when you know when 9/11 happened, I'm sure that they kind of remember it. The way that, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Showing it in the school and the yeah. impact of children in school yeah. was a was a strong choice. I one, liked that too. One of those girls that were that were crying, I think, was the act. I think it was McKenna Grace who who's in uh, Gifted. I wasn't a big fan of the uh, holiday portrayal, though. Um, okay. I loved seeing Anorax. I thought Anorax looked awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. one of my favorite parts. But I thought the holiday thing came off a little bit goofy and. And played for laughs and i i don't know i didn't much i think mark rylance is great but mm-hmm. i don't know it, the holiday thing didn't do much for me or I provide really, any laughs i really enjoyed it man I, I i thought that it was kind of his portrayal this is just for me i kind of read him as maybe having like he was on the spectrum he was like had some form of like asperger's slightly autistic he didn't get like social cues and things like that and he was you know it was all into his own world and that was like for me i just thought well that makes a hell of a lot of sense why this guy would build an entire universe an entire virtual universe so that was the way that i saw it and i quite liked his kind of lame jokes as well yeah Yeah, i kind of saw it that way too dan and i kind of at that point become disappointed with the movie for just not like saying that uh, yeah i okay. think think that it was in the portrayal so i mean i i got that so yeah, yeah. No, that's fine but again like it comes back to what we said you know we've said a few times about things like that you know like what's the point of not labeling it in the film because then it doesn't 
carry any kind of weight if it's not actually specifically labelled. But because it just seems so obvious to me that yeah. I just figured that it was a great portrayal. It'd just be a bit more inspiring to, to people if they, if they could just go ahead and say what it is. Because without saying what it is, it kind of comes off as maybe a bit cartoonish and insincere. And I, I don't know. I just didn't much care for that performance at all. I, I, um, for me, like the first scene where we see him and he's dressed all dorky and shit and they're talking about the Oasis and they're first like revealing it to like, you know, people and he's, he's saying like, um, underneath your seat, you know, grab the, <laughs> and there's, he's like, oh, and there's nothing there. We'll bring, we'll bring it out to you. I kind of like, it endeared me to the character. Like I, mm. I thought he was going to be like 100% like just dorky and awkward, but on the flip side, like he's trying and it's kind of cute, you know, like he's, it's kind of funny, you know, I kind of, yeah. I don't know. I, it kind of endeared me to that character from like that moment on. So like every other time where I saw him interacting with like Ogden, you know, and talking about like, I wish we could go back. I wish we could just go back. And, and I was like, I don't know. I like that character. And I, I, I kind of like understood like his like struggle with like the, you know, like, um, with, uh, Kira and, uh, you know, kissing her and, and making that first leap and, and all that. I don't know, man. It just, it kind of fucking worked for me. And it's like, at first I was thinking like, fuck dude, he's just acting like, uh, Jamie Foxx in Amazing Spider-Man 2. He's just acting like that goofy, <laughs> he's acting like that goofy ass electro character. And then he does something really sweet at the beginning and something awkward, but something kind of funny and, it kind of yeah. worked. It kind of worked for me. So, like, for the rest of the movie, I kind of like let the character get away with being that that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really, I really. It. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. That's okay, man. I was just gonna say, I just, I just really liked that. I mean, that was that was the moment where you just kind of fall in love with him a little bit. The whole like reach under your chairs, there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. But it was just his delivery. It was like he was he was. He was trying to please people, but he didn't really know whether or not if he was doing it right, which I really enjoyed that kind of awkward character. And I thought that that whole kind of eccentricity about him kind of made him even more lovable. And you could understand why he was the way he was and what he created. Yeah, there's that part like that part of him that like probably came out in the Oasis. Yeah, came out a little bit here. Like that's who he can really be when he feels 100 percent confident and I don't know. It worked for it just worked for me for some reason and it shouldn't. That's the fucked up thing cuz like when he first started talking and I'm looking at him like he's dressed like fucking Screech from Saved by the Bell 1989. <laughs> I'm like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is up with this guy? His fucking head looks like a chia pet." I'm like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this guy's going to suck." And then all of a sudden he says like the the most awkward but at the same time it's kind of like funny and I'm just like I was kind of endeared to that character from that point on, and yeah. I and mean, it, aside from like all the really know. awesome stuff that I'm sure we're going to get into, for me, like the whole kind of message that I like gleaned from the book is here as well in this movie. So the whole thing about 
yeah, you know, like Oasis is amazing and everything, but at mm. the end of the day, like Morrow um, wanted, sorry, Halliday wanted people to actually make connections in real life because that's not he, that's something he found incredibly difficult to do, and his greatest mistake and his greatest regret is getting Morrow to like sign that contract which is you know obviously seeing the movie is the last kind of secret test and I thought that the message for the film was was really strong by the end of it and I, I really really enjoyed that yeah, I yeah, I, a lot of the messages were really cool. Um, I I really liked Sorrento and the politics and motivations and kind of social commentary they brought to the table with him. Oh, the, thought, the game, the advertising thing with the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought Mendelssohn was great. I thought the idea of plastering as much visuals as you can until you vomit and just eighty percent, eighty percent before yeah. people have seizures. Eighty percent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a question I like for you. How- was his avatar in the in the book? Was his avatar evil Superman? <laughs> no, it was just like a big gangster like dude like that, right? Too well. Like, the, I in, think they- in this, it was evil Superman. He's he has the curl. That is Superman. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. Because the first time I watched it, I'm like, when is he going to rip that off and become Superman? It never happened. <laughs> but if you look, if you look at his hair, it has the Superman curl. It is like evil Superman. So, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Superman, one of the things I loved about this, which I don't remember it being in the book, is the Clark Kent glasses. Yeah. Oh, puts yeah. On she says, she's like, you can retain exactly what you look like, but you put these on and no one can see who you are. And I was like, that is so fucking cool. I love that. Yeah, all the gadgets were super fun. The moment where he got all the money and got to spend all the money was a super fun moment, I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love how this cute. They, yeah. the Zemeckis cube. I loved how they introduced so the cataclysm bomb at the beginning. Yeah, the there. holy hand grenade. The holy hand yeah, grenade well. from <laughs> fucking uh, Monty Python. That's so great. Yeah, <laughs> that was fantastic. One of the biggest squeeze for me was the fucking mad ball. The mad oh, ball. Oh my god! Yes, that, that blew my mind. That blew my mind when I saw that on it, screen. I was like, oh my god! I'm like four again. What is that? Yeah. Since I like literally squeed in my chair. I was like. Wee! I remember the mummy one and oh my god the fucking mad ball do you guys want me to go over all of the all of the the ones that I remember seeing in the movie all of the um, easter eggs eggs? yeah yeah sure okay that's that's what this film is is about in the end aside from the the main theme that I I was saying about earlier well one of the better I but are we wrapping it up with Easter eggs? No, no, no. I want to talk about the keys, but I, I definitely want to talk about each key challenge and things like that, and then that'll open up the movie a little bit more. But I, I did want to make sure that I went over a lot of the, the the characters and Easter eggs and vehicles that we saw in this. Okay, cool. And, and before you do, um, they really just to, like – for anybody that didn't read the book, like they added a lot more pop culture figures in this than what's mm-hmm. in the book. You they, have to. Yeah. And I, and you know, there's people that read the book that are like, well, it's only supposed to be like 80 stuff, but I'm like, well, no, it's not like holidays. The one that like loved the 80 stuff. And a lot of people like started doing that when the hunt started, but you gotta remember all this other stuff still happened and other people still loved it too. So it's going to be in there. It just wasn't talked about in the book because it didn't centralize around the story, you know? Yeah. 
Plus, yeah, I didn't have, have any to... problem with any of that. Yeah, yeah. Plus, and plus, they had to modernize it. You know, they oh, had to. Yeah, sure. you couldn't have them going around playing joust and redoing like the the flick sync to Ferris, <laughs> to Ferris Bueller. Yeah, no, most of the people that saw this movie wouldn't understand any of that. They wouldn't know what that film was. The, the I was ca- sorry, War Games. The car from the, Ferris Bueller was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I agree with those points 100, percent Dan. Yeah. Right, Easter eggs. Let's uh, do it. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's start the race scene. We have Ryu. At the race, and his car is the uh, was uh, Speed Racer's Mach Five. Yep. In the race, <laughs> um, there was the dance scene. This was so cool. I love the dance scene. But one of the some of the dancers at the dance scene, we had Chun Li and Blanca were dancing together. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> tell That's me if you so got. Cool. Tell me if some of these if you didn't see them because I've seen the movie twice now and I've actually. Um, I saw Chun Li, but I did not see that she was dancing with Blanca. She was dancing with Blanca, and it was fucking yeah. dope. He's he's also um, just behind them as they go to the bar. When Wade goes to the bar and meets Artemis there, oh no Bla- shit! Blanca is directly behind them. He's slightly in shadow, but you can see him very clearly. There's two scenes with Ryu. Like I talked about the one with Ryu at the speed racer Mach Five. Yeah, he's in the fight too. He's in the fight too. At the end, where the bomb, yeah. the cataclysm bomb goes off, we see him right before he dies from the cataclysm bomb. Oh. Um, there's a night ri- <laughs> there's a night rider um Easter egg in this. They didn't show the night rider car. We didn't see Kit, but the DeLorean that Yeah, that's from the books too. <laughs> the DeLorean that he uses, Parzival uses has the red lights that are bouncing back and forth in the front of the grill just like Night Rider. Awesome. Um, see, this is the thing, dude. Uh, right now when you're saying all of this, yeah. I have this enormous grin on my face. Me too. <laughs> like everything, every every Easter egg in this, everything that I saw, it just filled me with joy. And yeah. it's not like yeah. it's not a it's not like a nostalgia thing because a lot of the stuff, like the Street Fighter stuff, the Overwatch stuff, is incredibly recent. It's just all things that I love just smashed together in this one film, and oh, that's yeah. what the book is about. It's some about the, enjoying pop culture. Some of the stuff we're never going to see in a live action movie yeah and uh, exactly battle toads we're never gonna yeah i know (laughs) guys we're never we're never gonna get a battle toads in a live action movie and i I honestly was worried they weren't gonna do mecha godzilla i was worried really yeah because like when the begin like the way everything was kind of going i was like oh no they're not even gonna get mecha godzilla in this are they i was like that sucks we got (laughs) we got chucky which was awesome that (laughs) We yeah, got, yeah, that was in your. That was hardly an Easter egg. No, did you guys? That was one of my favorite things too. I love that. Well, did you guys? That's one of my favorites. Did you guys notice the um, last action hero Easter egg in the movie? Oh, uh, the poster. Yeah, it wasn't a poster. It was a marquee. So, marquee was, over the cinema. The Jack Slater three. Yes. Yeah. 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 With Schwarzenegger's name above it as well. It said Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, we had the we had Halo characters yeah, a lot in this. Of Halo. A lot of Halo weapons and Halo yep. characters. Uh, Hello Kitty and Hello Kitty characters. <laughs> yeah, I cracked up at that. Final battle. We had Spawn show up to the yes, final battle. That was awesome. Um, when he's walking before he goes to the race and he's walking on the platform, we see Doc Brown. Yep. Yes. Uh, we do see also on the platform RoboCop. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a bat. We had a Batman cameo. A lot of Batman stuff in this. <laughs> we had Marvin the Martian in this. Oh yeah, I loved that. Uh, we saw Jason Voorhees. Yep. And, yep. We, and we saw Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw Duke Nukem in that same scene. We did. We yeah. saw Duke Nukem in the same scene. Um, Holiday when he was buried in the coffin. That was uh, that was <laughs> I loved that. That was Spock's coffin from um, uh, was it uh, the third film or was it from the end of the second? Uh, in the, no, end, end of the, the second. second. It was the end, end of, the of the second because the third was the search for Spock. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had uh, the Batmo- Batmobile 66. We had Bigfoot um, in the race. We also had the car. Stephen King, Christine. We had Christine, the car yep. the Steve, from the from the novel. Um, yep. And um, Laura Croft is driving that car. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Wow. I didn't yes. notice that. <laughs> um, and then we had, uh, in the race, we had the A-Team van as well. Yep. Um, in the race, we saw Rexy from Jurassic Park, the Rex, the T-Rex. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had King Kong. Um, inside of H's workshop, Lone Star's Winnebago from Spaceballs was there. Yeah. No, I didn't yeah. see that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I missed it. Shit. Right in the background to the yeah. left when they're oh. walking through there. Yeah. Fuck, um, I missed it. Inside the inside the shop, you also saw the ED two hundred nine from RoboCop. Oh, yeah. nice. Hey, did speaking of in the shop there when they first walk in? Yeah. Did you notice Pee Wee Herman's bike? No. no, really, right behind the door. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome! Yeah, I didn't see that. I missed that one. I caught it the second time. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I'm, they need I'm, to make like a pop-up video version for like the Blu-ray, <laughs> or like everything like yes. pops up and highlight with a little yeah. graph and a little arrow and everything. That'd and be really cool. That would be awesome. Um, we saw Goro from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we, that was funny. We saw a Xenomorph pop out of from aliens <laughs> pop out of out of his chest. That was a group. We saw Beetlejuice. Yep. Um, Deathstroke was in the movie in the fight scene. Uh, we saw Harley Quinn. We saw Conan the Bar Harley Quinn and Conan the Barbarian were at the dance club. We saw the Joker at the dance club. During the final battle, we saw Taka, the turtle from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, from Taka and Razor from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Wow. Um, in the battle, we also saw the Joust Ostrich. And then be- yep. behind the Joust Ostrich in a different scene, we saw Optimus Prime. No. <laughs> yes. I didn't see him. Yeah. Optimus Prime is there. Um, <sighs> the Army of Darkness Deadites. Yeah, the Deadites. There was loads of Deadites yeah. in it. <laughs> the Deadites are in this. Um, we did we did get a little bit of Marvel influence, but not like Captain America or Iron Man or Thor or Hulk. We did get Proxima Midnight though in this movie uh, from Marvel. Uh, we got Deadshot. We got Sagat from Street Fighter. So yep. Sagat from the Street Fighter series is in this one. Sagat was like the original. Uh, bad guy at the end of Street Fighter before M. Bison. For, so for the first game, your end boss was Sagat, I believe. 
Um, we got the yeah, gun, right. the, the fucking Gundam warrior, man. The fucking, yes. the fucking Gundam fighter, dude. That was awesome. My theater fucking both times my fucking theater blew up. It so, was, Brian, yeah. the bad thing about that is, is in the book it's even better because they all get mechs. And so it's like super cool. In the oh, book. shit. And, and, like and, then the they, and then they and then they and then they fucking they form Voltron. Yep. <laughs> they they form the analog for Voltron, don't they? It's like Ultraman in the book or something. Yeah, yeah. Ultraman. Ultraman's in there. Yeah, yeah, fucking Ultraman. I'm familiar with Ultraman. Uh, and you know when when Daito changes into um, the Gundam, you know what ship he jumps out of. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, there was Seren- he took uh, Serenity from fucking yeah from uh, uh, Firefly. Firefly from Firefly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, did you notice the uh, the ships that um, the little models that fucking um, in the shop that uh, Parzival yeah. was playing with? One of them was yep. the ship from Aliens. Yep. Yeah, it was, and they had the Battlestar Galactica, and yep. they had the ship from Silent Running as That's well. That's right. Um, the Nostromo, right? Yes. Nice. So. Dan, that scene behind him is where the space balls, uh, yeah, it's behind him in that scene. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. There was, yeah. uh, the, one of the coolest Easter eggs that I thought in this that like really hit me was when the Iron Giant goes the down giant? in the lava. <laughs> and well, the Iron Giant goes down in the lava and gives the Terminator the thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> Yes. I, knew, I knew that you were going to love that bit as well. Oh because my as God. soon as I saw that he fell yeah. in lava, I was yeah. like, I know exactly what he's going to do. Oh, my <laughs> God. And he gave the fucking thumbs up, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Terminator 2. That, that, um, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite ones I saw was um, the glaive from Krull. So when show yeah. flicks through his inventory right at the end when he's trying to hit Irock, he gets the glaive from Krull, like the the star with the little blades on it. Yeah, yeah, that's from Krull, which is you know like sort of like a very early eighties fantasy movie. Oh fucking! I remember Krull. We know what Krull is. Yeah, Hell yeah. Explain yeah. just in case James didn't know, but yeah, that's. That was I was like, oh my god! I couldn't believe that it was on the screen. <laughs> There's did you did you, did oh, you notice the lancer that Artemis had too from Gears yeah. of War? <laughs> yeah, big chainsaw on the front. Yep. Perfect, man. Yeah, and uh, Parsifal had the Halo rocket launcher and yep. uh, the assault a- rifle. Uh, when he leans out of the a DeLorean and he fires a rocket at what, one yeah. of those big mech walkers, yeah, he, had, he had the rocket launcher and H had the assault rifle as well. Do you remember the railgun in the movie? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the railgun from Eraser, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> because <laughs> it had that like cool straight beam that yeah. just like could tore everything apart yep that was the fucking the, uh, like the, the the one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that I was just like that's the movie that like came out that I was like oh my god Arnold Schwarzenegger's not good anymore <laughs> um, I think a, a big easter egg they put in there more for book people um, and Brian you won't know this but like the third the crystal key is all based around the rush album the, is it the 2112 album i think 2112 yeah yeah so they had posters and h wearing the t-shirt and stuff like throughout the movie a lot and i think that was to make i mean because they didn't put it in at all and i mean that's a big part of the end of the book <laughs> so they had like uh, that in the well they had the the, the pink floyd 
um, Easter egg with the dark side of the moon, fucking the triangle with the the rainbow light and shit. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yep. Like you saw that through his visor at one point in time in the movie. Can we they take also a quick break? What? Can we break. take a quick break? Yeah, we can take a break. Uh, we can take a Kit Kat. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, we are back. What are we talking about? What are we doing? Easter eggs. Oh, Easter eggs. Uh, I'm going to throw out that I did see Batgirl in yep. this. And Supergirl, too. Super. It was Injustice Supergirl, though. Oh, sweet. It was Injustice Supergirl, so... Um, but yeah, th- those are all the ones that I saw. I thought, I think I either saw Batgirl twice in this, and I think that's what I saw, or I thought, the first time I saw Batgirl, I thought it was Batwoman for a second, but I think it was still Batgirl. So, there's Batgirl when he, he goes into, and the crowd like forms around him. That's when Supergirl and Batgirl's there at that point too. But then you see her again when the uh, Cataclyst is going off. Okay. I saw her twice during that final battle is what I thought. Oh, okay. So, cool. Yeah. Did yeah. you notice um, – well, this is just from the games, but the uh, Arkham Knight was in there several times too. <laughs> oh, God. No, I didn't see that. He was in there uh, like a lot walking around and stuff in the background and stuff. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Uh, James, you want to go over your Easter eggs because you were saying on break that there's a bunch that you saw. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know that. Oh, man, there's, that'd be tough. Um, <laughs> I, another big one for me was in the final scene in uh, Halliday's like boyhood room. They, um, and this is a big thing in the book they changed that I kind of disliked, but uh, they have a Pac-Man poster in there. And so, major spoiler, in the movie, there is a quarter that Parsifal gets. And he just kind of gets it off a bet. But in the book, he actually has to play a perfect game of Pac-Man to win that quarter. And he doesn't even know what it is. He thinks he's getting a key and then it ends up leading to nothing but this quarter, and that quarter ends up being the one of the most important things he got. And so that kind of bummed me out, but I'm glad they kind of put the poster up in the room. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they put the quarter in, man, because it was like, mm-hmm. like you read it in the book and you just think, well, what the fuck is that? And it, mm-hmm. it's a very nonchalant in the film as well. It's like, yeah, there you go. And he just takes it and he doesn't know what the hell it's for. He just puts it in his pocket. It's really cool. I liked yeah. it. And it's like, it, you know, I mean, they've already got him playing. They've already got at the end of the movie. It, it's kind of redundant to me if they got him playing, if they got the characters playing adventure at the end of the movie. And then he's already been playing Pac-Man at the beginning of the movie. It's like in a book it works, but I feel like here, it made a lot more sense to just like keep the story moving because like I think you're slowing down the pacing by explaining that he's got to play Pac-Man or some shit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. In the book, he has to play what like I think it's three or four different computer games like yeah. throughout the course of the book, maybe more. So just like, and that's why having like the race and then 
The Shining House and then oh. playing Adventure. You know, those are the three challenges. And I think that they did a good job with kind of, you know, like s- slimming it down a bit. So it wasn't just like repeating the same kind of thing over and over again. Uh, guys, and I forgot to point out real quick that uh, there's vehicles that I didn't talk about. Some ships uh, when they are flying towards the night when the, the nightclub sequence. Yes. There are vehicles yep. that are um, flying towards the nightclub planet what do they call it what was that nightclub planet called distraction uh, distracted globe distracted globe um you see x-wing you see x-wings and then also the lambda class shuttle from <laughs> from from revenge of the nerds return of the jedi <laughs> not the la- not the lambda lambda not lambda, the lambda lambda lambdas no you actually hear it too, like right away when they cut to that scene. Yeah, you can hear it flying. Uh, of course, there was the Millennium Falcon name drop, so we did yep. that as well. Um, oh, oh, go ahead. I saw some things that, that you guys haven't said. I saw uh, Chun Li is in the fight scene, and so from Street Fighter, Tracer from Overwatch is in there. The Teenage Mutant Turtles are in there as well as the Battle Toads, which is fucking weird. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog springs past the screen at one point. I don't know if you guys saw that. No. Yeah, just in ball form it looked like, right? Exactly, yeah. He <laughs> this ball, this spinning blue ball just flies when like the camera's <laughs> When does that happen? When, yeah, you know, when the camera when the camera goes through the 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 two sides, so when they're just about to clash, yeah. and you see that's where you see like Ryu punch someone uh, and stuff like that. Oh shit! This blue, this big blue ball just smashes into a guy's head and takes his head off and changes it into coins. <laughs> oh, fuck! Hey, do you remember? So cool. Do you remember? I, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna watch the movie again tomorrow. But like, yeah. do you remember? <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember um, when fucking uh, Parzival goes Haruken? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he says to says to Sorrento, he, you know, he says like you're in my world now, and yes. he seems charging yes. up the Hadouken. Hadouken drops it. I was so like, good. oh my god, Hadouken! Like my theater blew the fuck up, man, when that shit yeah, happened. That was a huge moment because yeah. that's not in the book, is it? No, either no, no, no. I was such a nice addition. I thought, I thought that was brilliant. But oh man, there's just so much stuff to go over. The holy hand grenade of Antio as well that's hey, do in you there. guys remember oh, do you guys I loved re- that this is like this is like the next level do you remember uh, that fucking movie uh, Indian in the Cupboard do you remember that yeah. one yeah and, and you got like the little, Darth Vader Darth, and Robocop there you go Darth Vader this is next level right <laughs> like this like, um, like like this makes this makes like the Indian in the Cupboard look like a little bitch <laughs> <laughs> you know what um, I mean? something that Cat Kirby pointed out to me as well uh-huh. is the incantation that Artemis has to say. Yeah, yeah. What's or, that? That is the. I think I'm trying to remember exactly what it's called. It's something like the charm of making, and it's the chant that is in the 19. I think it's 1982 movie uh-huh. Excalibur. Damn it! I was hoping it would be Klatu Verata. Neto from fucking. Yeah, I actually was thinking that. Yeah, too, that was from, getting ready to happen. From Evil Dead, from uh, Army of yeah. Darkness. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, there's just oh, you, there's so damn much. You guys uh, know the Akira, the used... Akira bike. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Akira bike. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> when uh, he used the cube in the dance floor to rewind sixty uh, seconds. The, the Zemeckis the cube. Music. Yeah, the music. 
was uh, Back to the Future music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It, it played for like the whole time it was rewinding. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, I just, I, this is exactly how I felt when I was watching. I was just proper geeking out the whole time that they were doing all this stuff. It was uh, so good, man. Can we talk about um, can, we, can we talk about the second key with the yes, yes, please. Yes, I was yes, just going to say that. <laughs> can we talk about the shining? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So oh when my. they walk through that door and it's like the exact movie, oh I was my like, God. yes. <laughs> I could yeah, it I was blown away. I was so blown away. I loved it. I I thought it was so amazing cuz it it felt like we were revisiting that movie. Yeah. But you didn't know you you know, you know that movie, but you don't know what's going to happen. But on the flip side, like I love how they incorporated the fact that she wanted to go dancing that night, and he wanted to watch a movie. Yet, yeah, that key, the challenge, the mission required both things, and like. It took them to a secret level where they had to, where she had to, where there was a dancing level between like the zombies and, you know, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. jump off their heads. And I thought it was so cool. It, and that felt very Disney like because it reminded me of like a haunted mansion, something that yeah. you see in like haunted mansion um, with like these zombie dancing ghouls or whatever the fuck and she's jumping off them and I, I thought that that was just brilliant and I loved um, um, H's character and that whole thing with like the the, the, uh, the hapless yes. person running into everything we know yeah, yeah like like never had seen the movie so my audience like you could tell the adults that had seen The Shining and stuff and then their kids like didn't know so all the adults like as soon as h would like run to the or like went around the corner and saw the yeah. twins and then went yeah. to open the elevator like oh man you know they're all like into it because they knew yeah as soon as you see the room number yep <laughs> i was gonna say the the lady that comes out of the bath did, was that like clipped from the film because it was like scarily accurate yeah, that was that was crazy. It I mean, down to the floor and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I really love this part. This was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. I mean, you guys know how much of a connection Spielberg had with Kubrick. Yeah, and especially this movie in particular. Um, the Overlook Hotel was torn down, and the set for Raiders of the Lost Ark was built on it. And Spielberg was right there on set with Kubrick when he was making The Shining, and it's kind of where they developed, you know, their friendship and everything. So I thought this was a really cool homage to uh, Spielberg's buddy. I had read that they were originally intending to do Blade Runner for this sequence. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that they went with The Shining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. It I'm is just... a Blade Runner reference in the book, though. Yeah, yeah, I was. I'm way better with the shining here. Like I said, like my my book <laughs> sensibilities aren't like I don't care that they change things. I just a little bit of the Hollywood tropey stuff really rubbed me the wrong way in this movie, and I just I don't know. It was a little bit too jokey. I, the stakes didn't seem serious enough. Um, I guess my biggest book complaint, if I were to have one book complaint that I would fix, is that they pushed out at the end. Man, you got like nothing shows weight and seriousness like killing off one of these characters and yeah they completely missed the ball on that i thought yeah yeah so 
I understand that because I understand that it carries like it would give it more weight if one of the high five got killed. But I was actually really happy that they didn't because <laughs> like, I wanted a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, that's just but you're being a Marky Mark there. Like, you know, I, 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 <laughs> did it bug you guys that they couldn't just call him Shoto? Yeah, that yeah. was weird. Wasn't uh, it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but was wasn't show from Japan in the book? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because he's from China in in the movie. Which yeah, I thought I, was kind of they strange. Did, they did say his name was Toe, I think though. Like he goes by show and then she's like, Well my or he said my real name's Toe. Like Show Toe. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I, what you're at. I, was like I don't know. That's goofy. <laughs> and when you're reading the book though and those characters freaking die. You're just yeah. like fuck. You can you have to like stop and like think about shit for a second before you can read it. Read yeah. the next couple pages, and I, I thought it really missed the mark on that. Yeah, it would it would have definitely made it a bit more serious. That's for sure. But I was I was enjoying the family fun ride that it was, and I was like, I hope they don't kill them. <laughs> <laughs> such such a pussy. <laughs> I know, and that was all culminated by Sorrento getting taken away and like put in the the back of the police car and him like looking at like what, I can't remember the character's name um, Zandal and her just punching him in the face and he's like oh come on <laughs> so <laughs> that was very I, Disney how did you guys feel about um, I, I personally liked it that they changed up Artemis being the one going into the loyalty center versus yeah. uh Parcival doing it or Wade I mean yeah I, I like that they changed that up because she was such a strong character and like in the book she's not as I mean you're you're Wade the whole time so I mean it was cool that they involved her a lot more and made you love her more I think to that yeah I wasn't a big fan of that change either it was like it's Hollywood, <laughs> it's Hollywood so it's the damsel that has to be in distress for the movie and it was just kind of eh but she seemed like another everyone. Needless- what are you talking about well, just for that part, <laughs> I don't know. Just some of the needless changes, I, I never get. But I guess well, there's, you know, you I'm got, not a writer. I don't know. Jake, you, you got that part where like Parzival is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot you to save you," right? Mm-hmm. You know, so she can get out of the loyalty center. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I loved it. Loved it all. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the first half was way stronger than the second half for me. I was definitely a little bit of an angry viewer in the second half. Uh, I, I thought the pacing was fantastic, and I I don't know. I, I thought everything was great except for, like, I pretty much voiced, like, my main concerns were the fact that fucking Ogden Morrow was the curator the whole time. Fuck off. That's stupid. <laughs> That's well, I, I, got, I got different stuff to complain about then. Yeah. Go. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. Let's hear. It. Um, I I was annoyed by the final key challenge in general. I I don't know. Like the whole adventure thing just came off so stupid to me. It was like a big giant no shit when the guy beat the game and fell in the trap, and it's like, oh my god, how how come that didn't work? Maybe it's a different game. And it's like we're supposed to believe that all these people like have been studying all this stuff the entire time, and they didn't figure out like one of the most simplest freaking riddles in the entire movie like what a genius parcival is here <laughs> yeah, the, the, the the mystery of the keys and the gates and the games and everything that was severely dumbed down like 
by yes. a lot. Because Especially that one, though. Yeah, that was, yeah. Because a- anyone that, like, as soon as you see Adventure, like, if you've read the book once and you see Adventure, you go, you got to go get the Easter egg in that game. That's it's incredibly obvious. It, it's one of those things that it's not even just a book to me, too. Like, it's, I think the big video game nerds know what the first Easter egg was. Yes. They know wh- why it was. I, like that, guys, I don't even, I don't even play video games anymore, but like, I know about the adventure Easter egg, so. Yeah, you don't have to be a gunter scientist and kill like half of your staff to figure out that you just go find the yeah, fucking but Easter think about, egg think, think about when it. you're searching for Easter eggs. Yeah, think about it this way. It's like, it's the year 2045. How much shit do millennials not know, Jake? Yeah, but it's a whole research center devoted to figuring this shit out. I know. I know. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? I I get it. I get I understand. I think the one girl was kind of like, I think uh, the one girl was kind of like onto it, that it was adventure. She was kind of like onto it, but. um, Oh, she's a clever one. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. That it almost the fact that they nodded to that almost made it more glaringly annoying. I, I that whole part was dumb as I, fuck to me. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it, man. Like, I don't know. I felt like you know, Parzival had done like his studies and 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 spent more time in like the the, the library or whatever the fuck you wanted to call it and. You know, I don't know. There's there's something to be said about like I I you talk to so many like uh, and I'm not knocking millennials, but I'm talking about like you know people that like that are younger than us that just don't know about uh, you know the old shit like uh, that we used to. You know, they just I completely agree, but they're like (laughs) they know it's his like favorite shit, and they're like paid to study it. Yeah, it seems like the easiest answer of all time. (laughs) <laughs> and then it's just like, oh man, thank God Parzival figured it out. And I don't know. That's the so, part I was really punching myself in the face. Yeah. The ending really fell flat. And and the fact that they go through the Holy Grail movie as part of the final thing, too. And he has like the high five, like backing him up, like when he forgets a line and stuff. I, I missed that from the book. Yeah, I'm fine with the things being different in the book. I just don't want them to be stupid. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I and that's that. the category that the end, the last key fell into me for me was just stupid. And that was very unfortunate. Did you think that it was like the simplifying of the first challenge was the same way? Because, you know, in the I love the first challenge. But like the, the fact that he's they're just kind of given it. There's there's like five years that go past in the book where no one has a clue whether what they have to do to get to the first key because the the clue is so you know like well puzzly. <laughs> I still like I still like that you can assume that they've been doing this race a lot. Yeah, and it's and and you know it wasn't the most simplest thing to know that you just slam it in reverse. And go I just back think, I just like, think I thought, with the with the final key. With the fact that, like, I would say that your most of your audience that are watching it that aren't familiar with video game history don't know it. They don't know yeah. that they don't know about that Easter egg, Jake. And I mean, I think like if, like if you get if you give it away like that, you just give it away. You just give it away. And I think it's it's, it's a fun reveal and it's a fun nod to that actual. It's it's actually giving like uh, some. Um, uh, it's basically it's it's. 
turning that, that that first Easter egg into something of legend and something very cool. And like, if you just like expect that, like every nerd, like you know, whatever fucking IOA's fucking like geek squad that they fucking hired knows everything from the get go. You kind you kind of steal that from the audience, and I feel like you just got to kind of like suspension of disbelief here that that uh, they don't know about it, and and the, the they're just going to let us, the audience that doesn't know about that Easter egg, just kind of like watch this play out. And then it's, it's kind of like a new thing for us. And, and so, you know, I knew where it was going because I, I, I mean, I've seen that. I never played the game, but like, I've seen it on documentaries for video games before. And so I, yeah, knew I think was, too many people knew where it was going. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I guarantee, I think that the majority of the audience did not know that Jake, I would say I would, I am willing to bet that most people don't know about the adventure Easter egg. I'm willing to bet okay. you. If most people, I'll, I'll if fucking, if fucking, if, if fucking Jay Leno can go out on the goddamn street and ask who the first president was and people will get the answer wrong for that shit, I would say that I'm most. <laughs> I'll concede to you then. That's fine. I mean, yeah. I'll agree. But now I'm just going to be self-centered. And since I knew, the yeah. whole thing came off as dumb as fuck. And I don't care about how it was received by Fair enough. people. Fair enough. I'm not in the market yeah. of caring what the masses think. I'm in the market of entertaining Jake. That's fine. And Jake was like, <laughs> it worked this for is me. dumb as fuck. It worked for me. <laughs> I, didn't think it, I didn't think it was dumb as fuck. And I think it, I, it worked for me. And I think it worked for most people. So. Yeah. So, uh, some of the the bits that I like loved in the Oasis was, I think it was actually spoiled in the trailer, but I didn't remember it. Was when the DeLorean is going towards that truck, and then he puts it on the side and drops the wheels and floats underneath it. That was cool. <laughs> I yeah. think that's in the trailer, but I was when I saw it on the screen, I was like, that is so fucking cool. I actually went <gasps> like that when he did it as well. I just did. Oh, did we see Mister Fusion on it though? Uh, I, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. I know that we saw like the the dates, like the yeah, the original dates yeah. from the time circuits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you notice uh, that Beetlejuice fucking welcomed him mm-hmm. into yeah. the into the yeah. room when he became famous? Yeah, <laughs> like ran right up to him. Yeah, him and Lara Croft. <laughs> <laughs> it's so um, crazy. Um, yeah, carry on, man. Uh, well, since we kind of talked some more Easter eggs, I thought of a couple that I didn't find this one, but uh, I watched, I saw it in an interview with uh, Spielberg that some of the people doing the effects through a gremlin in there somewhere oh no shit oh yeah, yeah that's right i saw that interview mm. and i couldn't i didn't find it but no because he said that like he didn't want aside from rexy and like um oh was it like whatever the other spielberg references were he didn't want it to be like too self-referential well, there was the yeah, war, the, there was the war of the worlds yeah, supposedly there's a Goonies reference in there too. That'd be I don't cool. know what it is, but I read the closest Spielberg stuff was like the Goonies and the um, oh James just uh, mentioned what the other one was Gremlins. Like, I yeah. was ho- I was hoping to see E. T. That's what I was really hoping to see. Yeah, I got, oh. you got the Amblem logo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah before the movie Take even started. E. T. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's one more for book readers. Uh, well, listeners actually. Will Whedon was on a poster in the basement. Oh really? That's really oh, that's cool. cool. 
when oh, he was yeah. changing outfits and stuff for the dance. It's one of the posters. There's another poster of yeah. another guy, but it was I Goldie, didn't catch who it was. Goldie Wilson from um, it was Goldie Wilson, the mayor from Back to the Future. Okay, yeah, me and my wife are trying to figure out who it yeah, was. It was Vote Goldie. It was a Vote yeah. Goldie yeah. fucking poster from Back to the Future. And there was the hoverboard as well was in there too. The the uh, fucking visor, the the VR headset that uh, he wore, it had symbols on each side, and one of the symbols was from the uh, the greatest American hero. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what that's the, deep, on, that's deep cut. On, like the that. on the other side, I forget what it was, but um, there was like on one of the sides for the VR, it was the greatest American hero. I love that fucking show. So nice. And yeah. Daito had the Mortal Kombat symbol on his yep. as well. <laughs> that's and, awesome. And uh, some, some some people's characters that I didn't actually see, but are apparently in there, like uh, Sub Zero, Raiden, ah. uh, Scorpion. And I come. It might be Liu Kang, and they're in the fight scene. But they're also the statues at the back in the background when he finally finds the Easter egg. And obviously, you've got the Mortal Kombat double dragons as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, um, oh, that's awesome. The, I was hoping he, to see some Moogles or Chocobos, but I could not find any of that. <laughs> oh, they had that the uh, the robot from Lost in Space. He was holding the toy for that too. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. The holiday was, yeah. yeah and the, remember at the end of the movie when they showed Young Holiday, the little boy. Yeah, he was holding. Oh, the, the he was holding the Lost in Space robot. Nice the toy. And yeah. we had uh, the costumes that Passable tried on. We had Thriller. We had Michael Jackson's Thriller yeah. outfit. You had uh, Prince's Purple Rain outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I love the AHA outfit. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the AHA outfit. And then he finally settled on the Buckaroo Banzai, Buckaroo Banzai. which was really yeah. cool. Yeah, and he great. had the fucking scruffy tie with the collar up and everything. It was perfect. Uh, One of my favorite scenes in the movie was the um, conversation between Wade and Sorrento when Wade gets the message and touches yes. the uh, pyramid and actually talks to Sorrento. Yeah, uh, easily one of my favorite moments. And I thought for me complaining about the movie not having much weight or being heavy enough, this was the closest it came to that. And I really enjoyed that. Um, Just him calling out Wade's real name and then that going straight to what happens to his aunt and everything. I thought this stuff was handled very well and I, I I really enjoyed it. I love the way that it was all very chummy and pally at the beginning. And then, and he's like saying, you know, like, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just a gamer, blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts to the guy who's feeding the lines into his ear. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> that was really cool. Well, I and loved then, it. The he, fact that they were, he was throwing out bullshit high school names. You know, I bet that guy that was throwing lines into his ear knew how to get the adventure Easter egg. (laughs) (laughs) Man, stop it with that. God damn it. For the the fucking sake of the fucking story. And I, I, you know, another thing that I'm going to throw out is I guarantee you that at the end of the day, I would say that 75% of the people that left this movie that have seen it still have no idea that that adventure Easter egg is even a real thing. I don't care about those people, Brian. I know. It's all about you. About it's that. all about Jake. I, I, I was very explicit about that. You're I know you were. It's not voice me. Oh, I my God. Me. I know. You were so you were so adamant that it's all about Jake. I get it. I, I very clearly said. Yeah, I know. I heard it. 
We all don't heard give it. A fuck I don't give a fuck about the other people. <laughs> this is about Jake. Yeah. I was trying to talk about Shermer High School. That's all I was trying to talk about. And then you bring it back to that goddamn fucking bullshit with the fucking uh, just, adventures. It just reminded threat. me. I didn't mean to bring it back. Yeah. It's just another person that for some reason became a giant idiot at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think that Jake was in a bad mood when he watched this movie. No I really do. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. I love the way you said that. you were like I really enjoyed it when I watched it and then the more I thought about it the more I hated oh, yeah. it I just <laughs> all the then it, it's so great all the characters all at once knew about the adventure easter egg and the movie just ended with Sorrento getting the egg no the problem is you I know they were so inventive with I, the other keys I know. do something inventive with this one I, it's not don't Find a better way to fix the solution. Just yeah. overhaul the entire Sus- dumb thing. Suspension of disbelief. I have no problem with it. I, I, I shouldn't fine. have to suspension of disbelief. It should be not stupid. I didn't have honestly. I didn't even have a fucking problem with it until you started bitching about it. This whole episode, like I didn't have a problem. It's a but all you've been doing is bitching about it. So like now I've got to like defend all it. I've been doing. I've bitched about. Oh, many okay. Other all things. right. All right. I'm okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll title the episode uh jake didn't technically bitch about that the whole time ready player one spoilers that's the no you didn't bitch about it the whole time if we're gonna get technical but uh, yeah i'm just saying like i didn't have a problem with it i enjoyed it i liked it and i think it introduced the people to that first easter egg that they didn't even know about God damn, Jesus fucking Christ. I don't, I don't give a fuck about those. I know you don't. God damn, I don't, you know what? I, I, I'm getting close to not caring about you at this point, Jake. This is getting, we are, we are, this is, we're getting into weird fringe territory here. Did, did you did you guys enjoy when like everyone would die in the battle, depending what they got hit by, depending what kind of like red wave went through the crowd? So like with the rail oh, gun, yeah. like everyone in a line just suddenly died. I enjoyed and, like, Chucky, when it was kind of spotted around everywhere. And... I enjoyed when you changed the topic. I like that. That was cool. <laughs> I, I just had to. I, <laughs> I loved I loved all the different like showings of people dying and respawning and like all how that worked. Like I loved all the it coin. when Iraq died and he like like at the beginning. Okay, earlier in the film, he talked about how he had. Uh, Saved up ten years worth of like uh, gold and and treasures and 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 items, and then when he died, there was this gigantic pile of gold <laughs> and items that were left there yeah. after his death. I thought that that it was really kept, cool. It just kept materializing out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, it was just spilling out. I like. Another quick shout out for the other Kirby, Matt Kirby. He noticed that the orb that they used for the force field was kept in a very special box. Did you recognize the box? Hmm. Dick in a box? It, nope. It was Gizmo's box from Gremlins. No shit. Mm. Yes, yes shit. <laughs> I wish I could do like the little Gizmo little song that he sang. The, oh, the- oh god. <laughs> I feel really stupid, but I think I figured out the Goonies reference. Really? Okay. Yeah. Remember when he goes to get the orb? Didn't he kill a pirate? Iraq? Yeah. Isn't that, Is that one eyed Willy or whatever? Was it was it one eyed Willy? That's what he looks like. I'm looking at a picture online of well, one eyed Willy and it looks one-eyed like one eyed Willy actually had like where the bone okay. There was there was actually bone covering the one eye, so he literally didn't he literally was born without an eye. So there's bone covering it. So there's not 
two holes where the eye sockets were be. So, well, he had an eye patch in the in Ready Player One, but and they re- in, but they removed in the Goonies film. They removed the eye socket, and you could see the bone. So in this movie, they didn't. Of course, they didn't remove the eye socket. I guess it could be one eyed Willie. If we're looking that'd be at great it that if way. it was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought I was like no, thinking. I was like, maybe it's the pirate. <laughs> <laughs> could be. It could be one eyed Willie. Yeah. Oh man! Gotcha. This film. All right, I'm done. Are you guys done? I'm fucking done. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Jake's been done for a while. <laughs> oh no, I will talk forever. You shut me down. No. <laughs> All right, if you want to piss and moan about fucking, if you want to piss and moan about that bullshit some more, you can. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, I mean, you, you did, what? you, we all Tupperware'd it, so I mean, we gotta give you the chance to, you know, say oh, why. You guys you have more than given me my chance to piss and moan about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what were your favorite bits, Jake? What did you really uh, enjoy? I, I, I really loved the race, I really loved Sorrento, I really loved the way they dealt with his motivations. Uh, I actually really loved the lead character a lot. Um, I thought he was really great. And I thought Artemis was great, too. I, I thought most of the acting was, was pretty on par. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, I didn't... It wasn't a complete ball of shit. Just parts. <laughs> um, in the book, the H thing's kind of a big deal. Did you guys feel like they kind of downplayed that? or? Mm, it didn't bother me. I thought it, it still played as a reveal, so I was fine with that. I think they almost made Artemis's reveal to her bigger than <laughs> Parsifal's. I think for me, I've got to be completely honest. I would have liked this to be maybe two movies, um, because uh, because if you wanted like H to be revealed as you know the person she is, which is like a big deal in the book then you kind of need to sort of have their friendship kind of be, you know, that he doesn't know who, who she is like throughout the whole thing. And then it'll be like revealed in the second movie. And I would have personally liked them to meet up Parsifal and Artemis to meet up right at the very end as well. But aside from that, you know, there's like, I mean, some of the stuff Jake says, I do agree with, but it just didn't bother me, man. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like how conveniently all the high five were there the minute that Wade was on the run. Like that was some crazy movie magic to me where it was just like, Oh, H is now here and show and Dato are now here all of a sudden. And like Artemis had everyone's contact numbers. I had a a bigger problem that her birthmark was on her fucking face. Right. (laughs) I didn't like that either. (laughs) You know, like it should have been some like, you know, like of all the, like the, the, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like of, of all the real estate that you have on your body, like for, yeah. it to, for it to like, oh shit, it's on my fucking face. Like, you know, like, why isn't it on your, uh, leg, you know, or your stomach <laughs> or like your back, well, you know, you got a lot of real estate on your body and hers just happens to be on her fucking face. Jake, that's a big problem for me, buddy. I mean, it's on her face in the book though. I'm just saying, like even in the book, <laughs> even in the book, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Even in the, I'm just saying, like there's a lot of places for a fucking birthmark to like show up on your body. <laughs> that's chance, an issue. That's that's a religious god issue, Brian. I don't understand the, what the chances of it showing up on your face, 
little, little slim, little slim, Did you- slim to me. I feel like so- there's, there's more of an, I mean, like when you think about it, like your face doesn't take up a lot of real estate on your body. I think there's a bigger chance for it to show up maybe on your back, your chest or your belly. So that's how a, would they have worked that in? Would we have seen her exposed back then? You know, I don't, you know what? Like, I think it's one of those, one of those unsung stories at that point. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be like, you know, it's like a post credit scene that we never get to see. Like, you know, they're getting ready to like go, they're getting ready to fool around for the first time. And then, you know, Parzival, you know, fucking Wade Watts is like, you know, taking off her clothes. And he's, oh shit, what the fuck is that on your fucking back? You know, <laughs> well, that, that's about as sensitive he was to talking about the one on her face. So. And then she's like, she's like, oh, my God, thank God it's not on my goddamn face, though. Right. And he's like, yeah. And like a thumbs up moment. <laughs> yeah. right? no, he, he wouldn't have been like that. He established that he had, it was just what he was looking for. Oh, that's bullshit. He, that, that was just that was bullshit because he still wanted to get in her panties. Right. <laughs> was there an in credit sequence? I couldn't get out of the there theater was, fast enough. There was no. not. There was not. It, it, it oh. ended. I heard more dumb music and I was out. Wow, Jake, you did <laughs> not like this movie. This is not. This is not even. A, this is not a taste. It knock it off, sir. It is Retro a taste. There were parts I loved. <laughs> All right. Uh, Everyone should taste this movie. It's IMAX 3D fucking gorgeous amazing. Why wouldn't I say it's a taste it? It's the definition of a taste it. All right. All right. You should taste this shit and then stick your fingers down your throat afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, definitely don't want to think about it too much afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like you should, this movie is like being bulimic. You need to see it and then get rid of it as fast as possible oh my God. i'm gonna go see it again I, so i you know you've got you're like basically ali mcbeal brian oh i'm not a bulimic what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> was that her thing and all right let's end this let's please let's end this all right and just like uh yeah we will see you next week or not next week we'll see you in two weeks for whatever we do i don't know what we do anymore <laughs> Something. Oh, well, I had a, no, the Oasis. I had a Ready Player One email. Actually, I'll read that and then we'll end it. Uh, Neil Thalander said, uh, "Hey guys, super stoked to meet you at C two E two next week." Uh, anyway, I just saw Ready Player One and I wanted to tell you that I was absolutely blown away. For most book adaptations, I usually read the source material first, but this was one of the few exceptions. I got to say, as neither a fan of the book nor a gamer, I didn't give two shits about this movie until you all started talking about it. Holy fuck, am I glad I listened to your recommendations because I loved this film, even though there was a fucking baby two seats away from me in the theater. Jake, you were you were watching this in the same theater with Neil? What the fuck? <laughs> no, I, I clearly stated that I didn't get upset until after I left the theater very much ago. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. I gotta right. think. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just fucking a shit ton of member berries wasn't enough for me to fucking Tupperware this movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I needed a little bit more substance. I, I very much apologize. Neil, 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 Neil goes on to say, turned out to be the quietest baby ever. Tupperware all the way. And that comes from Neil. So thank you, Neil. Glad you enjoyed the film, sir. 
<laughs> Fuck Neil too. <laughs> hey, uh, just to bring this all around, bring it back for everyone. <laughs> Jake, Jake is Jake is so passionate right now. Oh my god. All right, what do you? What, hey, I, I Hop, you better, say, you better make it good. What do you got, man? It's gonna be really good. <laughs> so right. There's one, one last Easter egg I got to bring up just to okay. bring this all full circle, and okay. it is the Bill and Ted reference. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like Bill and Ted did it, talking about going back in time. Yeah, yeah that was. I like that. This fucking hypocrite now. Fuck you too, hot. <laughs> I should have left that out because that movie was shit. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this is our Ready Player One episode. Probably our worst movie review that we've ever put out there to the public. Oh, man. This has been one of my faves. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah fucking A. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm probably going to go see this movie again tomorrow and, uh, probably go see it again on Tuesday in, in IMAX 3D. So I'm going to watch it tomorrow in real 3D. So I'm just going to check it out without, uh, the IMAX 3D. I'm going to see it in real 3D. So I don't, there's no way that I can see this in 2D. That just seems like, uh, that just, that seems dirty. Like, I don't know how you did it, Hop. Like, it seems, uh, ugh. Yeah. That's like, I don't know. That just seems kind of gross. Who do you think comes up with all these Easter eggs? Obviously, Spielberg's not like, I mean, he, he's in the pop culture, no, but I, obviously. I think they write the, and to be honest with you, like the way, I think that they, they write the story first, of course, and then they just insert these Easter eggs because it feels like, you know, the death of Halliday, they're like, okay, what, what famous, what famous coffin can we use? Oh, let's use the Spock coffin from fucking. That's the kind of stuff I think probably Spielberg had, but like, or do you think they're giving liberties to like the CG artist and oh. letting them put like their stuff in, or do you think it's all a hundred percent proof controlled? Well, the gremlin turned up um, out like out of nowhere. It was what I was going to say. It was like Spielberg didn't want it to be too self-referential. So, but one of the actual CG crew put the gremlin in the fight without him even knowing. Yeah, so I'm very fascinated by that. In. I suppose it just depends on what rights they got, because I know they had Star Wars rights, but they only said Padawan, and there's an R2-D2 in it, and the, and the mention of Millennium Falcon so and the X-Wing. That's so weird. Yeah, I noticed Warner Brothers didn't have the balls to really do any, have a single, no one wants to be a Marvel character in the Oasis. No. Because <laughs> so that shit ain't popular. It's so weird, the stuff that they, I don't know, so weird, like, the Easter eggs that we have in films and shit. You guys ever notice like uh what was it like the Lion King where it says like sex in the smoke and shit? You ever see Oh that? yeah, there's a lot of that <laughs> fucked up Disney sex shit. Well yeah, yeah, did you guys ever see that what was it, the the rescuers? Did you ever see the naked woman in it? No, oh, I've seen I, I've seen it's been a while. I saw like an uh, article that was like the twelve most disturbing Disney images mm-hmm. and it brought up the rescuers thing and had pictures, but it's been a while. Okay, on the original Rescuers that came out in like the sixties or whatever the fuck, there was uh there's a scene where the rescuers are like in some kind of like I don't know, some like moving vehicle or something, and like mm-hmm. they they pass a like a somebody's like window, and in the window you actually see like a lady like changing and like you see her tits. 
Like just hanging really? out. Yeah, dude. I'm not kidding yeah, you. Yeah, I'm seeing the still image right now. Yeah, you can Google this shit. <laughs> and it's like the rescuers and like there's a woman like changing and like there's her like tits like boom. Like, hey, like, you're looking at anthropomorphic mice hanging out and talking and trying to figure out shit. And then like there's a woman's tits though at the same time. Like that happened. <laughs> I didn't know that one. Yeah. But so they fucking they released that shit on like VHS years later with it still in there like 20 fucking years later okay <laughs> and then like parents are like watching this with their kids and they're like what the fuck am I there's a woman's tits there and uh <laughs> so then they 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 like all, they, these parents oh yeah Jake I think Jake just posted it but um Jake, so like basically these parents started complaining to Disney and Disney's like oh my god we for the last 20 30 years we've had a woman's <laughs> oh my god yeah we've had a woman's tits in our movie that's great and then uh so like they did a recall on it and like if you watch, if, you, if you if you buy it now on DVD or Blu-ray it's it's been removed they fixed it but like for 20 30 years man it was just the rescuers like you know doing their thing and then some lady's tits just like What's up? I'm. We're here. Oh, I just had a. Ge- I just had a genius idea. They should have made the third key going into the rescuers movie to find the tits. <laughs> Everybody knows about that, though, Jake. <laughs> they do now. <laughs> wow, they're not even animated either. Jesus. No, those are like real boobs. It's just a picture. It's just a picture of a lady's boobs. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's so weird. <laughs> Good Easter egg, well found, guys. Congrats! Uh, the, yeah. Yes. Oh my god! Hold on. Look at there they are. They, <laughs> holy shit! In all their glory, look at her. You are so. You are some silly we, we lady. We found. Uh, we noticed the one that was in Aladdin in a VHS. Uh, oh, it's like teenagers. the genie saying, "Take Te- off your clothes" or something. Teenagers, take off your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I I literally like for the for years I always wondered why I would end up naked watching Aladdin when I was a child. It was so weird. Like I'd get done with that, I'd be like, I mean, that was great. Oh, what the fuck? I'm fine. I'm nude. I'm naked. Oh my god. Wow, this is weird. <laughs> why well, Aladdin, you did it again. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> I, I always end up naked. <laughs> alright and alright All right. we'll see ya we'll see you in two weeks guys latest bye <laughs> there's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat but it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before.
flowers so we should separate the wheat from the chaff and we're the chaff the crap even though we're the shit Woo! we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap good and toss it good and do we love it hey let's raise it hate erase it let's embrace the tupperware party subculture spill over like a vulture carryover counterculture pushed over top culture leftovers and we're the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Left over sure only talent It's the band that's singing this Pop culture left over Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, and the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover, sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.